Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Sooners Extra Postgame Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Eber, here with columnist Jenny Carlson and the beat writer, uh, Justin Martinez. And guys, a lot to unpack from this one, a 37-31 to 31. OU win over the Wildcats. And uh, uh, Justin, uh, let's start here. Another close game for the Sooners. Certainly wasn't uh, pretty, but most uh, most everything isn't for the Sooners right now. But they found a way to uh, come out with a victory yet again. Yeah, I mean, definitely not the uh, not a convincing win by any means, but something that definitely I think the team could build on. I think a lot of us were expecting it to be one of those sort of grinded out games you're going to have to earn, you know, this is their first road test of the season. Uh, first chance to see, you know, how a guy like Spencer Rattler can handle a, a packed road environment, stuff like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, they managed to to fight off a really gritty Kansas state team that did its best to pull out the upset. Yeah, Jenny, let's uh, keep it right there with what Justin just mentioned. Spencer Rattler, uh, Rattler uh, got booed a week ago at home was getting booed quite a bit here today uh, at, at Bill Snyder Family Stadium for some different reasons. Uh, just look like a, a different version of Spencer Rattler than we've seen the last uh, few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, his you could see it in the stat line. I mean, 22 of 25, uh, really a very efficient day for him. But you could also see it with your eyes. I mean, I just think he looked much more comfortable. I think the offense by extension looked a lot more comfortable. Um, I think that that was in part because of some wrinkles that Lincoln Riley introduced into the offense this week, trying to take advantage of the K-State defensive scheme, some play action, um, some bootlegs, some things that would pull some defenders towards that line of scrimmage on the on running plays, but also the threat of running plays. And then Spencer Rattler able to um, pass out of some of those situations. I thought, I thought it was just a really, um, I thought it was a really good add to the offense, to the game plan. And I uh, thought, thought Rattler really played well. And like you said, all things considered coming out of the week that they had no easy task to overcome all the outside noise and all the things that they've overcome. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, for this season, I mean, it seemed, it seemed like his best front-to-back performance we saw. Yeah, no doubt of, about it. It seemed like he, he felt pressure a little bit better today as far as escaping the pocket, uh, didn't force things. Um, uh, you know, there were a couple situations the last few weeks where even if they wound up being completions, there were ones you're like, he really dodged a bullet there. There was really none of, none of that today. It was, uh, you know, Spencer Rattler taking what he was given, not trying to do too much. Uh, A different look, though, on the offense, uh, Jenny, Uh, not only with Spencer Rattler and the way he was able to control the game, but doing some different things with uh, uh, Jeremiah Hall, especially, and and trying to maybe make up for some of the problems that they've got protection wise. And, uh, you know, they were able to, to overcome. Uh, some of those issues that have plagued them 
uh, over these first uh, those first four games. Yeah. Hey, one other thing on Rattler, too. You know, he had the one interception, but I think it, it wasn't a great throw. But I think as the ball was in the air, I would have liked to have seen Mike Woods do a little bit more to maybe deflect that pass or make the interception a little more difficult. He kind of stood there resigned to it. It seemed like there were a couple issues at, at play there on the interception. So just wanted to mention that as it relates to Rattler. But, yeah, I mean, I think this is an offense that still has an offensive line issue. <laughs> you know, they they had some holding penalties. They had some uh, false start penalties. They even capped it off with an unnecessary roughness penalty by one of the offensive linemen tonight. So seven pen, seven penalties by the offensive line for OU. That's too many. They need to cut that back and they need to figure some things out. But, you know, I think that they were able to do some things, like you said, Ryan, with Jeremiah, uh, you know, with, with just some schematics that were able to, you know, use again use the strengths that they have which they have a lot i mean for crying out loud they've got some really talented um you know individual playmakers on this team you know until the offensive line can figure it out because you got to think at some point they're going to start to figure some things out until that point though they're going to have to do some things that make up for an offensive line that doesn't just move people like we've seen that the uh, ou offensive lines of the past move people yeah and you know lincoln riley talked about after the game that hey this this offensive line blocked pretty well and and they did at times i mean heck you look at kennedy brooks's uh numbers uh you know 15 carries 91 yards and a touchdown uh, a big game for him although kennedy brooks seems to make holes uh for for himself in uh in significant part but uh still a, a lot of issues up there and they made some didn't make any switches to start they wound up inserting wanye morris in to start the second half I believe he played the rest of the half. Uh, I have to, to look at the stat numbers later on that. But um, they've got to figure that out, although it certainly, Justin, uh, becomes a little bit less of a problem with some of the things that they were able to do today. Yeah, definitely. We had talked about it a little bit after the game against West Virginia, you know, just kind of establishing that short game, getting the, the tight ends or halfbacks a little bit more involved. Guys like Austin Stogner, which we saw some of in the last game, even a little bit today, um, getting Jeremiah Hall a little bit more involved. That really goes a long way. And it also, like you said, it really helps to have a guy like like Kennedy Brooks in the run game who is is real patient with the ball. And then when he sees his opportunity, he's going to make the most of it, you know, just with his ability to uh, to break loose for those big plays. So definitely the options are still there. They're going to make the best of of the offensive line situation, but it would go a long way if, um, you know, if it could improve. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Jenny, another big thing I thought offensively today was, was Marvin Mims and not massive numbers, four catches, 71 yards, but I mean, heck you look at the yards after catch 47, uh, of those when you don't have time to stretch the ball and go downfield, there's been a lot of talk centered around Mims's role in this offense. But to, to me, the question wasn't inside or outside slot or or, uh, you know, playing that that wide role. It was protecting long enough to, to get the ball to Mims and getting him in, getting him the ball in space to be able to make those plays we saw off so often last year. And I think maybe for this offense, Mims's best place is in the slot just because you can be a little bit more creative and getting the ball, him the ball quickly in space and i thought they were able to do that today uh in a way that they haven't been able to do really since what the first game of the season 
Well, and if you look at yards after catch, I mean, well, Mims is, I mean, it jumps out the 47 there because, you know, he in, ends up with 71 yards. So that's such a huge number um, of his total yards. But they had over half of their receiving yards came on yards after the catch. They finished with 261 yards receiving. They had 131 came after they caught the ball. To me, that was, you know, when you when you when you were watching this offense, you know, try to get back on track. We saw some instances where they weren't even trying the deep ball, but a lot of times you weren't sort of seeing those uh, moments where they were able to get the ball to these playmakers in space because you know whether it's Marvin Mims and his speed or Braden Willis and his size speed combination um, you know on down into Mike Woods Mario Williams even Jeremiah Hall we mentioned him earlier but these guys have some fairly you know high level skill when it comes to being able to get yards you know beat defenders find space so to figure out some ways to allow them to do that. I thought that was big. I don't know what the numbers, how these would compare to past games, but I got to think that's a, I mean, to go over 50% of your yards coming after the catch, I think that speaks to them wanting to figure out ways to get the ball to these guys in space and then let them go work a little bit. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. Uh, Justin, sticking with offense for one more thing before we turn the page and and talk about the, the defense uh, we saw Caleb Williams come in for a couple plays, and and one was uh, a, a little bit more of the wrinkle there on the very first drive when they insert Caleb Williams in there, and the the snap gets by him. I think it was a 12 yard loss, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on, on the team uh, or officially charged to the team. Although I it looked like a pretty good snap, but then Caleb Williams comes in. And I think Spencer Rattler. I can't remember what it, if it was his shoe that got untied or. Uh, what happened there had to leave for for one play and uh the offense does the same thing as that they've done with uh with an 18 yard uh pass um completion there uh it, it and maybe gets Caleb Williams feeling a, a little bit better about this game but uh, interesting to see him in there for a couple of plays when we haven't seen him in there in non you know western carolina minutes uh for for a while yeah, that uh, that snap definitely did look like it was it was on the money, just something that he had mishandled. But you know, we had seen success out of him at the goal line uh, earlier in the season. Was it the Tulane game that he had the uh, he was able to punch it in for a touchdown? Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, he I definitely wouldn't just say that you know we got to scrap that now after that that miscue because I do think he still could be effective in the goal line. Um, but yeah, I mean, just some some short appearances from him. He had a good pass there and like you said that miscue hopefully you can be able to shrug that off but um just a little bit of an appearance with caleb williams i guess giving the fans what they wanted they wanted to see caleb in the game and that's what they got <laughs> what do yeah, you guys think the reaction would have been if they if they'd have put him in there last week there there may and have that's been what happened pandemonium <laughs> I, well just to well, see him out there some people yeah, would have gone crazy home. Oh yeah, it, it would have been nuts. Uh, you know, although it certainly would have been interesting to see what would have happened if what happened today had happened if they put him in last week. But uh, you know, I think I think Spencer Rattler quieted any any realistic calls for uh, anything like that. But Jenny, let's uh, turn our attention to the defense. And uh, you know, we wrote so much this week about the progress that the defense has made, and and wrote off the game last week, how the defense was carrying the Sooners. Uh, today, that wasn't the case. The offense 
was was fantastic. I mean, you look at their uh, eight drives, uh, or, or excuse me, what was it, nine drives. The one in the, in the interception, like you mentioned, but honestly, that was the third down. They probably got in a better position than they would have been had he just thrown the ball away because they pinned Kansas State at the seven, I think, seven or eight uh, on that possession. Um, and, and then the other one was the very end of the half when they're just taking taking knees. Outside of that, OU scored on every possession it had. Uh, but the defense today was an issue, and it wasn't the slant patterns that West Virginia was able to uh, take advantage of, but it was a, a lot of throws underneath, a lot of throws to the sideline. Uh, you know, we, we saw uh, uh, certainly Deuce Vaughn uh, get involved like that. Some of those other guys, uh, Phillip Brooks, uh, really hurt the Sooners on those. It just seemed like the Sooners were – uh, defensively were a step slow. They missed a lot of tackles. I'd uh, be interested to see what the uh, uh, missed tackle number is uh, for this game and uh, didn't get much consistent pressure on Skylar Thompson. Yeah, there were definitely some things about the defense that won't be up to snuff for Alex Grinch, you know, who is pretty, you don't have, he, he doesn't have to look very hard to find things he doesn't like, I don't think. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that the thing that they did uh, well was not let the K-State run game really get a rhythm going. Um, you know, you see uh, Deuce Vaughn with, um, you know, 15 carries and 51 yards. I mean, those are those are some pretty decent numbers when it comes to handling him. Uh, Joe Irvin, his sidekick, seven carries, 33 yards. So not a ton in the run game, which K-State often beats you with their running game. So I thought that was good. But, yeah, you just, um, you know, you saw them, you know, give up some – I think the tackling to me, Ryan, was the thing that was most troublesome. Um, you know, we hadn't really seen that be a problem for OU um, this season. And I know that part of it may be the shiftiness of, of you know, guys like Vaughn and, and and Irvin a little bit. But, man, there was just – there was even some bad angles taken. Guys didn't even get there to make tackles a couple times because of some bad angles. So I don't know what was going on, but that was a real – that was kind of a head scratch because we haven't really seen that much out of this group, but they definitely need to tackle better moving forward. Yeah. And then Justin, when you've got uh, Texas and, and Bijan Robinson and what he uh, was able to do today, which was just put up uh, massive numbers in their win over TCU, uh, that that's something that's got to get fixed, uh, fixed here pretty quick, or it's going to be really difficult uh, for the Sooners to, to maintain here. Bijan Robinson, 216 yards and, and two touchdowns on the ground uh, for the Longhorns today. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, it's, it's going to be the best back that they've faced so far this season. Um, so a real test for them, you know. So we'll see how they handle it. Um, at the end of the day, they still have the weapons to be able to do it. It's just Grinch kind of talked about it also um, in the post game that it just it just takes a team effort. You know, it's hard for one guy to make a, a play if – the other guys on the field aren't also doing their jobs. And so at the end of the day, that's what it's going to come down to. Um, if guys are going to be able to, to work together and, uh, you know, it's going to be a group effort to stop a guy like Bijan. Yeah. They've got to be consistent up there. I thought Nick Benito, once again, Jenny uh, was fantastic. Uh, there were stretches when he wasn't on the field, uh, for a, a couple of drives, especially after I think he might've needed, uh, you know, about an hour and a half of oxygen, 
after that 70-yard uh, uh, fumble recovery, fumble return that he had. Longest in OU history, by the way. Looked but, like he'd been shot. <laughs> it, yeah, I don't I don't blame him. I'd, I'd be like that after about half of that, if that. Uh, so, uh, but Nick Benito, when he was making plays and flying around the football, that's a game changer for the Sooners. And I think even as much as we've written about him in the last year, as much as we've talked about him in the last year, people still maybe underappreciate just how good a player he is. Yeah, on a day that he doesn't, I mean, stat-wise, doesn't exactly fill it up and ends up with four tackles, but he has two for loss and obviously the fumble recovery for 70 yards. I mean, my It's crazy that, oh, sorry, Jenny. It's it's just crazy that that's the longest in OU history. I would have thought at some point they would have had one longer, but uh, that topped Corey Heineke's back in 01 against Air Force, I believe, uh, for the school record. Yeah. And, you know, my, uh, the thing I think is, is that, I, you know, if we went in and looked at, you know, looked at uh, looked at play by play, we'd probably see that what Nick Benito does is occupy guys and then allows other guys to go and make plays. I mean, not to say that that's not happening with other players on this defense. You know, I think Perry on Winfrey is a guy that uh, offenses have got to pay attention to. But, you know, I have a feeling that Nick Benito is another one, too, that he's going to occupy. He may only have one guy that he's physically occupying but i have to think there's a couple you know one eye on him one eye on the guy you've got sort of thing because he can be so dynamic i gotta think that that's a he's a real concern for offenses and i suspect he will be next week too at texas i mean i think that he's the the type of guy that you know can have he can have a, a day that you know could you know be remembered for a long time he's that type of player and that rivalry i think he's definitely one to watch moving forward yeah, ab- absolutely, and uh, we got also got to talk about some of the the controversies or uh, of this game. The biggest being uh, the you know, onside kick re- uh, review that got reviewed twice. Uh, Justin, we were able to ask uh, the Big Twelve some questions about this. Not sure how uh satisfied i am with the answers we got there uh is that a fair way to say it jenny i see you uh smiling a little bit over there that's probably right i'm just not sure i fully understand why they did the first review but missed the thing that was illegal about it all in the first place yeah and the thing that after i think by the time that that review was uh you know the first review was underway in any significant way, I think most of us had realized what was going on there, uh, just watching the replay on the board here. But you could see uh, 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 on the board that they were clearly just looking at the 10-yard mark. They weren't slowing down the, on the kick or, or anything like that, uh, which I love the the review cam where we can see every everything that they're looking at in real time. But uh, Justin, sort of just a head-scratching moment, and it slowed down a game that was rolling along really quickly. Um, and, and for those of us who have had some deadline issues, you know that uh, that cost us a, a good chunk of uh, of time there. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's definitely frustrating when you can, you know, like you're saying, you can clearly see after that first or second look what was going on, and you know, you're still waiting for the officials to catch up to it. But at the end of the day, I mean, Riley at uh, Lincoln had also said this afterwards that, you know, he gives credit to them because at the end of the day, they didn't have to really swallow their pride and take that second look and be able 
to correct it. You know, he was wondering, are they actually going to be willing to say, hey, yeah, we kind of messed up. I don't know how we didn't see this at first, but they did. So, I mean, they got the play right at the end of the day. Um, it's just unfortunate that it did take about 10 plus minutes of real time for that to happen. Well, and yep. Ry- Riley said, too, he said he was kind of questioning if he should even challenge it, you know, even though he said he had a pretty clear idea of what had happened. He knew that he had touched it like as soon as a, a bam, bam, he kicks it and then it touches his foot almost before he can, you know, like a split second thing. But it, he knew so clearly what had happened. But because of what you said, Justin, the question was, well, do I use this challenge here? Is it going to work out? But yeah, the fact that he did, that was huge. Momentum had swung back to K-State. It looked like we were headed for another nail biter here in Manhattan. Oklahoma might lose again. Ended up we had a close game after all, after the kickoff return. So these two teams just seem to be, they can't get away without having some drama. But the the uh, onside kick was definitely the, the most drama-filled moment of them all today. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Jenny, a quick aside, should, should Justin's nickname be Josh Heupel here as much as he says at the end of the day? <laughs> maybe he doesn't even he he didn't even hear that like that's not anything he even knows anything about (laughs) like at the end at the end of the day it happens okay it just happens (laughs) love it but uh another replay review of a big play looked like k-state had converted yet another uh fourth down uh, and, and then uh, they they call it a completion and gets overturned late. And so replay has hurt the Sooners here before. Hurt him in 2019 when Trajan Bridges uh, took the ball off his right knee, uh, was ruled not to have been blocked into that that onside kick as OU is trying a, a furious comeback there. But today that the replay booth at the end of the day was kind to the Sooners. <laughs> Got it right, don't you think, Justin? Yep, that's all that matters at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but those were big plays. I mean, you're right, Ryan. That that was definitely, uh, you know, again, because you felt like, well, maybe K-State's going to try to figure out a way to make this interesting. And even, you know, they, they did onside kick it after the kickoff return. Um <laughs> they they onside had kicked it twice because Lincoln Riley calls a timeout immediately or right before they kick it the first time. And pretty pretty obviously they were trying to line drive it up the field. Drake Stoops grabs it and everybody's going, wait a second, why did Lincoln Riley do that? So they they get it the second time too though. Yeah, let's throw some praise at Drake Stoops' way because that was a a catch. Now uh, you know to be able to to pick it up out of the air like that uh, coming at, at a pretty good clip. It wasn't a, a lob situation. You know, he's not catching an EFAS ball there. He's catching a fastball. He's yes. able to, to go pick it up. And he was not happy that the timeout got called, <laughs> but uh, wound up working out all right for the Sooners. Uh, we'll move on real quick to Texas after this, but we've also got to take our weekly uh, moment of appreciation for Gabe Burkich. Yet again, a fantastic uh, game for him. Three of three. Hit a 40, hit a 47, uh, almost uh, made up for the the Tyrese Robinson uh, penalty that Jenny referenced earlier that really hurt the Sooners because as good as Burkich is, he can't quite get it uh, into the end zone on a 15-yard penalty uh, there. And uh, Kate State winds up returning the kick for a touchdown. But 
Uh, Gabe Burkich continues to solidify uh, his case as being the uh, the Sooners' uh, top kicker of all time. Absolutely. I mean, th- this guy's making long field goals in tough situations look routine. I mean, that field goal he hits late in the game, it gets a little bit overlooked because of all the other stuff that happens. But I mean, that was a that was a, a an icer. You know, you think, well, there you go. There, there's the end of the game for Oklahoma. So, you know, the fact that he just stepped up there and, and hit it, I thought that was, uh, you know, again, he's he's hitting long field goals. He's hitting, um, you know, field goals with some consequences. <laughs> Obviously, last week, none greater than that. But still, I mean, this guy's impressive. He just keeps adding to his resume. Yeah, no doubt about it. But uh, we we touched on it a little bit. We're talking about the the run defense, but now uh, it's time for for Texas. And, and Justin, this will be your first taste from this perspective of things. Um, Texas is is rolling along pretty well right now after what they did today. Seems like Casey Thompson has grabbed hold of of that job and. Things have uh, settled in a little bit for Steve Sarkeesian's group, but uh, what to you right now is the biggest key for the Sooners here uh, going into the Red River shootdown, sh- showdown, shootout, rivalry, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, well, first also I want to say Burkett's uh, 17 career field goals of at least 40 yards. That is a school record that he looks to be continuing to build on. Yeah, I was about um, to so say, he had, he had that record uh, going into today, I believe. A while back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so added on to that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I was going to say at the end of the day, I stopped myself this time. That is progress. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to come down to can you stop that run game? Um, you know, as, as good as Thompson has played as of late, uh, he still has some room for improvement. He didn't have a great game today. It was a lot of running by Bijan, so... That's what it's going to come down to is the OU defensive line going to be able to get some pressure there and be able to contain him. And if they can do that, they're going to be in great shape. And don't you think that bleeds into one of the bigger issues we've seen that has sort of started to become a thing now with Oklahoma is the amount of possessions that they are or aren't getting. I mean, last week they had four and a half and you thought, man, that, that, you know, four and a half, they used to have four and a quarter sometimes. Today they had three and a half. You know, so it's like they just keep having trouble getting a hold of the ball with these sustained drives that other teams are having. They don't always get touchdowns out of them. Sometimes the defense is able to come up with a Nick Benito fumble recovery or force a field goal. So it's not like they're all touchdown drives, but it just reduces the amount of time that the OU offense is going to be able to perform. And if Texas is able to run the ball, that plays into the game plan that other teams have had in trying to shorten the game for this Oklahoma offense, really put the pressure pressure on them to um, to perform when they do have the ball. So I think that's going to be really key next week with Texas. Can the defense, you know, get some shorter possessions, three and outs, uh, get the ball back to the offense, allow them to build on this momentum we saw today? Can they sustain some things? I think that has to play in together. And obviously it's a huge rivalry with a lot of emotion. So how does that factor in? Um, You know, Spencer Rattler should be more capable of handling that this year. Uh, Same for some of these other guys that have been through it. But uh, man, it, it sets up as a really enticing, interesting game, as it pretty much always does with those two. Yeah, it's always fascinating what these two teams play, but uh, certainly will be another uh, fascinating matchup here. And Justin, don't worry about it too much. We all have things that we say uh, all, all the time. Uh, so 
you know, not me. I'm perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. And, and humble too. That's one of my my greatest strengths. I got to tell you, (laughs) let me tell you how humble I am. But, uh, real quick, uh, I think all three of us, I I know me and Justin will be there. I think all three of us will be there uh, next week at the cotton bowl, uh, get a little bit more uh, sense of normality. I haven't, uh, switched over to say a normalcy, uh, even though, uh, gosh, it's been, uh, what over a hundred years since, uh, that change sort of started getting made, getting into the, you know, grammar nerd territory here. Uh, but anyway, things get back to normal state fair once again, going on, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly how comfortable I feel about the, the amount of people that are going to be down there and, and around, but I'm also a big fan of fair food. Didn't get to go to the Oklahoma state fair this year. So a wrap up question for everybody uh, Justin, we'll start with you. I'll let the, let Jenny end this one. Justin, what what fair what's your favorite fair food, and what are you looking forward to most uh, if you're going to try anything down there? Fried anything. That is my answer, pretty much. <laughs> it's all going to taste the same when you double fry it. So as long as it's fried, I'm in. Yeah, that's uh, not a bad uh, not a bad plan at all. I I've got to go with my favorite fair food generally. Uh, Got to go with a classic, the, the Fletcher's Corny Dog down there. I know that they have them at OU now. That's fantastic. They're really good. But there's something about walking around the Texas State Fair with a big old Fletcher's Corny Dog and some mustard on it that uh, always feels right. Always like to try some of the, the new stuff uh, that they have out there every year. They've got some some interesting ones this year. Uh, so I have to figure out one or two of those to, to try as well. Uh, what about you, Jenny? Well, I'm. I, I, this is a simple one, but I love I love the corn. I love the roasted corn. Give me a, an ear of roasted corn. And you know, Justin's right. The, all the fried food is is pretty top notch. But I think I'm partial to the fried Oreos and fried Snickers. Both of those really good. So any any of those three, if I get a chance to to grab hold, I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah, definitely. There's something about that uh, breading and you bite into it and you get the the sweetness and the the gooiness of, say, the Snickers, uh, certainly the Oreo uh, when when those things uh, heat up. But uh, I'm a Snickers fan myself. I, I love those and the, the Reese's, uh, things like that. So really looking forward to it next week. Should be an interesting game. Once again, 11 a.m., uh, for the Sooners. I think that's an ABC game, right? I know it's on the ESPN family of networks. I believe it's ABC. I believe that's be right, there. yeah. Uh, so it should be a fun one, uh, no doubt, next uh, next Saturday at 11 a.m. down in Dallas. But we're going to wrap it up there from uh, Bill Snyder Family Stadium here in Manhattan, Kansas, where on Saturday the Sooners defeated Kansas State 37-31. to Thank you so much for listening. You can check out our work every day at Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage anywhere.